Karmas one and two. Thank you. Now I know what to talk about. Karmas, karma. Uh, karma is a Sanskrit word that means action. Um, lots of ways to interpret that. There's uh, traditional ways that go way back into uh, ancient times, even before the time of the Buddha in the, the Upanishads. Talks about karma. And if you read about it, there's sometimes some confusion. When I say confusion, I'm not saying del deliberate, but some different interpretations of it seems to, you may read one thing and then someone else will say something a little bit differently. So the way I like to uh, divide it up is in one and two. So there's a, what is called a receptional karma, the karma that comes to you. And there's the intentional karma or what you do about it. So that which happens to you, if you want to see what uh, vividly, completely, thoroughly, what receptional karma is, just look at your hand. Because that's, that's you're receiving that. That's something that came into being. You're receiving it. It's not something you're doing. Now, when you start waving it, making gestures with it, making mudras with it, hitchhiking, whatever, then, then you've got uh, uh, intentional karma. Then you've got the karma that arose and what you start to do with it. This is quite why I quite often say don't do anything. Don't do anything unless you really have to do it, because if you're not, you don't really have to do it, then you're operating at the mercy of the causes and conditions, including all of the so-called negativity that are coming into this lifetime with you. By not doing anything unless you have to, this gives you a way, without picking and choosing, without judging, without saying good or bad, of just going with uh, the, the force of the karma without enacting things or bringing about um, more problems, more circularity, more confusion, more warfare. Sometimes uh, uh, receptional karma is called prarabdha, Sanskrit word. That means, I don't know what it means. <clears throat> There's another word, I think it's Sanchita Karma, S-A-N-C-I-T-T-A, that uh, you can find different meanings for that. Sometimes it says a collection of stuff. Uh, the way I've understood it to, to be is that's the part where you add things on. You, you, something happens and you do something about it. You, re, you reject it. Uh, it could be, in, could be warfare. Uh, you, uh, you could receive it. Uh, this is why I say don't, you don't have to accept anything. Sometimes people will say, well, just accept it. Just, you know, just don't fight with things. Just accept. I would say that's going too far, accepting. Accepting is another very sneaky um, way of getting out of what you've got coming. So that's why I say don't do anything with it. If you don't do anything, what is this showing up as? Hold your seat. Sit down. Hold still. Watch what moves. Don't add to it. Don't subtract. Don't divide. Do no math at all. <clears throat> In this way... We, it gives us the opportunity to actually look closely at whatever's arising without adding on to that our laminations, our opinions, ideas, judgments out of hope that it's a good thing and fear that it's a, not so good. Well, this could be good. This might not be good. As soon as you open your mouth, even if it isn't this mouth, but the mouth up here, as soon as you say, make any comment on anything, you immediately uh, 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 confuse that which is coming towards you as causes and conditions based on dependent origination. Dependent origination means that there are no separate things anywhere. 
that there is just this. It's broken down into infinite number of so-called parts. And we feel like we're one of them. We feel like we're somebody as opposed to somebody else or in favor of somebody else or against somebody else or with or for or again. Materialism, buying into yourself as a material thing that you have some say-so over is uh, uh, cultural materialism, scientific materialism, and could be spiritual materialism. It's anyway, grasping is something as if it's solid and if it's real. Nothing lasts. Including that comment. You know, we don't trust. We don't trust the emptiness. We don't trust the, the darkness that we start to go towards when we, when we begin to relax our grip on our reference points, our beliefs, our judgments, our opinions, our ideas. I'm not saying they're not true, but don't reify them. If they're true, then you won't be able to, you won't be able to do anything about it. It's just the case. But if you do anything extra with it, then if it is in the process of morphing into something else, which everything is doing, if you haven't noticed, try to hold one thing in your mind for any length of time. Just about impossible. In fact, an infection, the just about part is extra. It's impossible. And look at the words we use to define, reify, substantiate, or protect our view of things. You get support from a form for spiritual path, but uh, the idea of believing in something as opposed to something else, this is a misunderstanding and is not the true spiritual path. The true spiritual path is no path. Therefore, it's called a path. Read the Diamond Sutra if you think I'm making this up. <clears throat> Read it a few hundred times. And write a report on it. So the karma that's arising, if you can see what that is, if you can hold your hand up anytime, you don't have to do it now, but at some point, uh, spend uh, 20 minutes or an hour looking at what's in front of you, starting with your own hand. So look at that until you don't know what it is. If you know what it is, then you're actually protecting yourself from the reality that is staring you in the face, which is called uh, dependent origination. The, vac the, the, the very thing that the Buddha saw when he awoke. How do I know? I don't know. I don't need to know. I don't need to know it as some kind of histor historical uh, story. So the idea here is if, if you're just here and something is arising and you do nothing with it, then the very understanding uh, will go through the preconceptions, the the what's called uh, in uh, in the, the Buddhist teachings, as your imaginary nature, it will, it will, uh, the imaginary nature will begin to lose its, its force and energy because you are no longer worried or afraid. You are going to see the truth for yourself, just as the Buddha did. This is not about believing in Buddhism. If you're believing in Buddhism, misunderstand. You might have to do that a little bit, but belief is extra. This is what belief looks like. You're looking at something else. So if you can look at something as it actually is, as it is, as it says on this little banner up here, as it is, soku, that's the Japanese word for this. Then 
It may start out as, huh, what? I don't know. What? I don't know. I don't understand. What should I do? It looks empty. It looks uh, vacant. It looks like there's nothing worthwhile. It looks like there's nothing to do. It looks like there's nothing of value. This is how, uh, these are all ego's words for what? Emptiness. And, and emptiness is not actually empty. We just need to say that because that's the only thing you'll recognize. Because as you go along, you will see more and more and more like there's less and less and less to hang on to. If you're meant to walk the spiritual path, you probably won't be able to help it. You might not like it, but here you are. If you're listening to me, then probably what I'm saying makes a little bit of sense to you. So if this is done, then what arises, what shows up for you, rather than being kind of terrified of it or worried or feeling frustrated or feeling bored or feeling whatever it may be, some kind of uh, um, lack of energy or boredom or I'm losing my way or all the other commentary we have. You might, if you look at it and you stay with it, which is what this practice is about, sit down, hold still, watch what moves, you will begin to see the way in which you are obstructing your own life, shutting down in your own life. You're actually missing your life. We don't know if we can do this again or if we'd even want to. But here you are. Causes and conditions brought you here. Here we are, and as an apparent individual. If you're looking at it exactly what it is, you're seeing what it is, exactly you're seeing that. If you need to do anything about it, it will tell you what you need to do. It will be it won't even tell you, it will be obvious what you need to do. And it might be nothing. Or it might be something that, that you wouldn't have actually thought up. It might be something that is, you just find yourself moving in a direction you don't know why you're even doing that. If there's a little scrap, a little shrapnel, a little piece of ego left, there's going to be worry and concern because you're going to think, what if I'm doing something wrong? Right and wrong is extra. This is, this is the language of ego. It's not that there aren't things that are very harmful and very dangerous and very painful that we can do ourselves and others, of course. But as far as right and wrong, that's a misunderstanding. Based on separation, based on judgment, which could be coming from the culture, from various other religious traditions that handle this situation differently. Not wrong. We're not, not here to make what, what this is about better than what somebody else is doing. Whatever people are doing, don't meddle with them. Let them follow their path. Let them do what they need to do. <clears throat> Any questions? Jim? Uh, you said in the beginning um, that we that accepting isn't necessarily a good idea. Something I did. What, what does accepting mean in that context? In that context, accepting means you stop looking at it because you, 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 when I say you, I don't know for sure. I'm saying I have to look at my own dynamic. When that happened for me, it was like, uh, I don't like being in limbo about it, about not knowing this or that or should I or shouldn't I. I'm feeling fearful or I'm feeling like I don't know what to do. And so I want to do something, so I'll just accept it. And I would say, don't do that. That's premature. 
that's closing down on the investigation that is taking place. The investigation is looking, you're looking at it, you're looking into uh, the void, and I would say, don't do anything about it. You're actually not separate from the very thing you're looking at, but the terror comes up in ego as something bad can happen to you. Who you actually are, nothing, <laughs> you're, there's nothing is threatened anywhere. If you think there's something to worry about, I mean, I'm not talking about your nerve endings won't hurt if you stick your hand in fire, of course, but that's, those are nerve endings. It's not, it's just uh, the coming together of uh, sensitivity and heat or pressure or it's just physics. There's no, there's nothing personal about it. So when something happens in the, the, the incredibly complex milieu we call our human life, with our mother, our father, our brother, our sister, our friends, our neighbors, our ideas, our thoughts, our nightmares when we were three years old. I mean, we could go on and on. I could talk for 20 minutes and not do anything but just list things. So whatever occurs, don't accept it. Like, oh yeah, I'll just accept that. I just have to accept that. And don't reject it. Don't push it away. Don't do anything with it. Don't, don't, and don't distract yourself from it. Don't do anything with it. Let it do what it needs to do. Uh, it's called respect. You actually respect yourself in your own mind. You respect your own uh, uh, thought patterns coming and going and coming and going. This is bodhicitta. This is how by making friends with yourself deeply, not up here, this is paranoia, this is hope and fear, this is a common word for this is love. There might not even be a word for what this is. If you make friends with this, you have no more enemies. There isn't anyone else. Fundamentally, there isn't anyone but you. But ego mind gets that confused and becomes narcissistic and self-centered and starts to puff itself up. Go then. One question on each type of karma. The first one, you said it's karma that you receive for ripening. I can't remember the term. Yeah, your, your, your hand is here. It's already here. I mean, it's changing because it's dying. So, so on, on receive, yes. if, in, if in the receiving you said don't add or whatever you, word you used, but how isn't that also the ripening karma? Yes, until it's not. As long as there's a self-centered, as long as there's a grasping at a self and a, and a grasping at other. Or, or a valuing of oneself and a devaluing of something else or some kind of... Uh, tension going on there, then there's going to be then the, the karma that you receive and the karma that you uh, that you begin to produce or uh, infect is uh, they're tied together so you can't see them. So this is why the sitting practice of meditation, sitting down and hold, down holding still and watching the way the mind works, eventually you begin to see more deeply into what we call the mechanics of the whole thing. It's not actually mechanical. So, the, mm -hmm. more? When you're done on that one, then the next one is... I'm always done. The intentional karma. You teach choicelessness, so what, no. what's intentional? Intentional is uh, you, you, you don't have a choice. Can you say more on that? Yes, I'm going to say sometimes you, things will happen and you, you intend to do something because you, but you're not weighing the odds. Weighing the odds... That's why when someone says, well, i got to figure this out, I say, no, you don't. That's like saying, I'm going to go stick my head in a bag, and then I'm going to put a, a potato chip can over my head, and then I'm going to crawl inside of a, of a dumpster, 
put plugs in my ears, and I'm going to figure this out. Am I being silly? Sure I am, but I'm saying it's like that. We're covering up. We're trying to actually go into some kind of thought process, uh, some kind of rationale based on plus and minus. I'm trying to get some, squeeze some kind of answer out of samsara. More? So with regards to attention, can there be any um, vocalization or a vow or words along that intention without... Yes, vow to be with all things. Yeah. I vow to be with all things. This is what the Buddhist vow, uh, the Bodhisattva vow. I, I vow to save all beings. As long as they're appearing as all beings. The ultimate way of talking about this and still coming out of a relative context is I vow to be with all things. Whatever happens, I'm either for it, against it, or am I shutting down on it? But, but I'm, I'm here, and it's here. And if I need to do anything about it, the very message is in the palm of your hand. It's the Buddha in the palm of your hand. It's the jewel in the rubbish heap. These are metaphors. I didn't make them up. But they work because the very, the very uh, uh, disturbance and the very uh, emotional tsunami that you're looking at is the Buddha. It, it, the very camouflage over this, that's it. So that's why whatever arises in your mind... Don't agree, don't object, and don't look away. It's called a spiritual path. And there's uh, no conclusion. Conclusions are extra. Include everything until there's anything left. Andrew? What's the difference between including and going out towards things? Going out towards things is uh, kind of forcing your hand on things, trying to get this or stop this or move that, move this over, uh, adjust based on some kind of a, a gaining idea or accomplishing idea or controlling idea. So this is why uh, in the 13th century, Dogen Zenji said, when you go out towards, uh, towards the 10,000 things, this is called delusion. When the 10,000 things just come towards you, this is called awakening. Just a very simple metaphor. But receive, receive, include, include, receive. The path is including, the path is receiving. And uh, the fruition is not separate. Still a relative thing, but it's you don't see anything else but yourself. You don't see anything else but this. Personalized, it's yourself. Not personalized, it's just this. More? Good question. Including and receiving just feel very active for me, and they feel like going out. Things. I'm not sure how to work with that. Okay, then don't do anything. Don't include, don't receive, do anything. Just observe. And then it'll manifest as separate until it doesn't. That's why you're living in a monastery. That's why living were in Grand Rapids, where you were, that wasn't enough. You needed to be in this environment. Some people are come here to visit. They may never come back. They may come back 10 times, 3 times, 8 times, 100 times. Some people don't want to leave here. They want to stay here. It's not because there's anything promised. Anything, if you're here, you're here because of your own insight, not because of anything I've said. It might be more than I, what I haven't said. Maybe it's what Rumi said. Just made a lot of sense to me. That's called, what's that called? A suffering.
He's got a head start. William. Is there anything that's not observing? Uh, uh, paraphrase yourself. I, I heard you, but paraphrase it. Um, so if we're always receiving, that's always observing. Is there an opposite to the observing? I'm listening to the baby, so you're going to have to say it again. Is there anything opposite of observing? Yes, not observing. What is not observing? Uh, it's the opposite of observing. <laughs> we can go deeper into that. Here, I'd love to. Yeah. Go ahead. You need to, you got the flashlight. I can't see I, anything. I don't know what else to ask on that. I like that. I like that. I don't know what else to ask on that. Have another hand? Yes? Wouldn't the opposite of observing be ignoring? No. Why? Because I said so. Shoka. What's the insight that brings somebody to practice if we are confused? What What is the insight that brings someone to practice that we're confused? If we're confused. Uh, Buddha nature. I mean, in our language, you would say Buddha nature. You would say we come into this with some kind of understanding that something needs to be understood here. We need to find out what this is. We need to, we, we could go this way or go that way, and sometimes going this way and that way just tells us that, no, this isn't going to work. I have to find out what, what this is. There's more there if you have, you need to be more specific about the question. Is there, um, does that insight culminate? Nothing culminates. Insight. Something that doesn't culminate. <laughs> Is that funny? <laughs> you didn't know how funny you were, did you? <laughs> More about that? To ego, it looks like a dead end, but to wisdom, there is no end to anything. You can be a completely separate person with likes and dislikes and hopes and fears and all that stuff and not have a solid center anywhere. Centerless fringe. Everywhere. It's everywhere is this. You can't, you can't uh, like I was just saying to Sogodan earlier, you can't leave this room. There isn't anywhere else but this. trying to see the distinction between the receptional karma and the intentional karma. Good. Does that intentional karma look different because we're imputing someone that can do something with the receptional Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's not that you can't do things. It's just that there's no one doing that. When you see that, then you can do anything. Yeah. If that's seen, are those two karmas even different? Yeah, fundamentally, there isn't anything separate. We separate it out. Just like we separate the, separate the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concepts or thinking, and consciousness. But fundamentally, there is no 
nothing separate. You can actually taste with your ears. I mean, it's not a literal thing, but you the sense consciousnesses, the boundaries that we put between those are are somewhat physiological, of course. But but the the consciousness itself that has access to all the different sense fields uh, is not separate from them. Like the, some of the words, like the word texture, applies to food. It applies to sound. It applies to feeling. It, because it's something about the you know the the, the literal thing is the, the the nap of a carpet. It's, you know there needs to be space around the the the, the, the phenomena that make up carpeting for you to have texture. But that happens in music. It happens in sound. Happens in the tone of someone's voice. It's everywhere. You say to receive, uh, and then you say don't add. So how is not adding obstructing what is arriving? What? How is <coughs> how is not adding not shutting down on the karma that's coming up? Because it's not. It takes a while because you have to actually do that. You have to just not add. You have to see that you want to add and then you don't. It's called practice. <clears throat> Just like sitting down facing a wall from a certain point of view is ridiculous. You sit down and look at a wall. Well, if there's not clarity about who you are and what this world is, then that might be a good thing to sit down and look at the observer. Look at the experiencer quality of our life. This is an astonishing situation. Spend, uh, spend 20 minutes looking at your hand. It's 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 hard to hard to believe, and it's not about belief. It's like what is what is this? We so take for granted, and we used to uh, pet the cat or wave goodbye, or what did I say earlier? Hitchhike. Anybody hitchhike anymore? Pretty dangerous to be hitchhiking. Do you hitchhike? I did before I moved here. No, good. Don't do that. Anymore. <laughs> Yes. Is that relationship to our confusion change on the path? Sure. No, you, you, you stop fighting with it. As you go along, you, the confusion is fine. You, and, and you get to where you're not sure if it's your confusion or someone else's, and it's no longer a problem. Because the disintegration of the, uh, of the perception that the self is a solid thing becomes to disintegrate. When that starts, when there's no spiritual path, one freaks out, takes drugs, goes to a psychiatrist, to a therapist. Not wrong. Of course, you need to do so. Some people can't do this. They aren't, they aren't about to do this. They want an, another kind of help. 15 lifetimes from now, maybe this will, if this is still here, then maybe this will happen for them. Again, not about right or wrong. I said, you're either ready to do this or not. You can't. I can't do it for you. If I could, I would, you know, Get out my wand and crack you all on the head with it. But you can't. You have to do it. I'm here to say, you can do this. And you could say, how do, how do I know that? I say, I don't know. No, no claims. It's an astonishing thing to be able to say that and understand what that means deeply. You can do that. So seeing the confusion, it, it can get more. That's why some people, when they begin awareness practice, it gets more difficult rather than, you know, I thought this was, I was going to feel better. I thought I was going to feel more calm or more peaceful. I seem to be more at war now than I've ever been. Uh, it's interesting, though, if you talk to the, the person who lives with that person, that person uh, 
may not see as much warfare as they used to see. But the person that's having the experience may feel more warlike. When you talk about understanding, is there something that's understood? In the beginning, we understand passion, aggression, and ignorance. We understand uh, the 12 links on the chain of existence. We understand uh, three, the three modes and all the other constructs that help us use the concepts to look at uh, the relative and ultimate nature of, of our world of reality, of ourself and others, that, that split between ourself and the world. So to begin with, we start to accumulate information about it. But at some point, or points, maybe there's no point. It, the, the ego mind feels like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. Occasionally we have people that are started out, they go so far, and then they, they believe their thoughts. If you believe your thoughts, it's going to get harder and harder to stay on the path because this is about, um, the literal metaphor is about shedding your protective coating or cocoon. And that can get uh, sensitive. If there's someone here, uh, if there's a sense of a solid being then there's going to be uh, hope for something better and fear for some, fear of something worse. More. Does a fundamental understanding have any content? Not really. You can only have content if there's uh, space for the content to occur in. So we're not going to get rid of it because we just see that it's an illusion. So remember last night when you were dreaming? You don't remember that? Anybody remember when they were dreaming last night? Well, I remember when you were dreaming. <laughs> no, I lied. I remember that. I'm just what I'm saying is when we have dreams and then we wake up, we have this incredible contrast between those two kinds of reality. But when you're in either one of those, they both seem pretty substantial. This one seems very substantial when it's we have hard material, and we're here, and we have nerve endings, and, but this is uh, not real. You have another question? Go ahead. Um, just thinking of the practice that we, um, a lot of us have been doing with intentional dreaming, and how there seems to be an opening on what looks like the dream area, where we can realize it's a dream. Is that what we're doing? With our sitting practice on this side of the dream? Uh, could be. Some of that is happening. People have, anyone sitting in a row here facing these walls for any length of time ha will have three people, four people, five people have experiences that, that they can't even compare notes because they're so different from each other. Just like some people like spinach, some people don't. I mean, it's, it's, that's a simple idea, but it's like that. It's There's some... Quality. Anytime you sit down, all of your, I'm going to call them lifetimes, all of your, the nature of your spiritual being is incredibly vast and complicated. At the same time, it's completely simple because it's not separate. But you have access to all of that, all of those areas. I mean, all the 13th century in, in, uh, uh, in China. We've all been there. You're there now. But if you, if you get hooked on the materialism part of it, then we want some kind of proof. I, I don't care if anything is true. I'm not interested in proof. That's extra. 
if you're interested in proof, then you actually shut yourself down and look for relative things like physicists do. And that's why they're so confused. We're confused when they start to look at really tiny particles. They won't hold still for uh, some kind of sub substantiation or some kind of result. Is it a, a wave or a particle? That kind of thing. Yes? Earlier you said, see the way you obstruct your own life. What does it mean? How do we obstruct our life? So if you're on this path, you're probably making some, you could say some headway in that, in that you're doing less obstructing and you're doing more trying to see what it is. Might not be real comfortable. But we obstruct our lives by, by reinforcing opinions and ideas by building some kind of construct behind it that supports it. This is why I'm right. This is what I think about. This is why this is correct. Or shutting down on things. So buying into opinions and ideas about ourselves or about anybody. Lecturing ourselves. Even saying something goes wrong and you do something that is uh, maybe a, um, something you do that's to give it some kind of a quality of uh, uh, description, something as clumsy or somebody that, where you um, let someone down, you know, or you let yourself down, or you went into some kind of negativity about somebody, some kind of subconscious gossip that's arising about uh, judging someone else. And I would say, do nothing with that. If you say, there I go again, I shouldn't do that. This is this is starting to starting to not be genuine. It's actually believe there, believing there's a right and a wrong and something you need to stop doing and something else you need to start doing. More, if you have it. What do all of those additions obstruct? This. There's only this. Could the obstruction be this? It's not separate from it, but that's for a later time, three weeks from now. <laughs> First, you have to, first, 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 you have to see this. Stop objecting to your life. Stop objecting to anything, anybody, anywhere. And, and don't back it up with some kind of uh, philosophy about why you shouldn't do that, including the words I've said. Don't believe anything I say. See if you can get out of here without believing anything I say. And don't disbelieve it. Don't ignore it. More. Do you have more? How do we not uh, believe that obstruction when it comes up so mm -hmm. just, just see that you're believing it. And don't add to that, like, I shouldn't. Or, I'm only believing it because of this. Or, to block, block the situation off altogether. Just see that you're grasping at it. Witness, you could say, the grasping. You have to witness that before you can see the way the grasping gets its, there's like to use the metaphor of fuel lines. It has fuel coming from past karma. Uh, from Who knows what the source of it is, but it's, it's coming from some other dimension to your mind. You could say another lifetime, but you don't have to. I don't necessarily believe or disbelieve in lifetimes. But something's going on that has, that looks like lots of different layers of consciousness that seems to appear as apparent selves. It just appears that way. We don't, there's no point in believing or disbelieving any of it. So just to observe, uh, just to see the grasping is all you have to do. Just see that there is a grasping. 
That's the only way you'll be, you will, you will, if you just see, if you do anything with the grasping, you will impute a grasper. You will imagine someone who's doing that that needs to be stopped or justified or stopped. But if you, do, if you just see the grasping, it is without an identity. And this is, can be scary to the self-centeredness. And I would say, do it anyway. Feels like, kind of like jumping out of your reference points, like it has been said before. It is like jumping. It's like falling through open space. The interesting thing is you never hit anything. There's no bottom to reality. When we see that we're grasping, do we just stay with, connect with the, the texture of that? Yeah, that would be a way I would talk about it because there needs to be some kind of a some kind of a uh, <laughs> what ph phenomena situation happening there. So texture, texture is just texture. It's neither your rough doesn't mean bad. Smooth doesn't mean good. It's the good and the bad part that that turns into some kind of a, creates some kind of a being who likes good stuff and doesn't like bad stuff. And will impute that or add on to that or judge it. So that's why it's a matter of, um, just see it. Go ahead. The image of grasping even mentally implies some action. And... I have, how do we stop doing that without interfering with it? Is it just the texture? Um, yes, but the interfering uh, can also be just, you can go, if the interfering has already started, like if the momentum has already started, then just watch the momentum rather than try to stop the interfering and try to be a person who doesn't interfere. It, that ties back into so it's a very it's a very subtle area a very subtle areas uh, of uh, consciousness that have a uh, conceptual or a thinking uh, dimension to them but that thinking dimension will not get any fuel or any uh, nutrition if you as long as you just do awareness but if you do anything with it to try to live up to that's like it says in the teaching do not set up standards this doesn't mean we don't have standards this is the way you approach the altar. This is how you bow. This is uh, how you sit. So we have all kinds of guidelines, but it's, they're not rules to be followed. They're something to be observed. So that's in the area of your consciousness, your mind. You would just be observing the way you keep objecting to some things and grasping other things. Objecting and grasping or shutting down. So just to watch that dynamic without adding any motivation there. Like I gotta stop that, or I, I should shouldn't be grasping. Is it possible to use the admonition of not doing anything unless you have to as a way of uh, resisting your life? Sure. Yeah, if you if you make it into some kind of a when I say that I have to say something, or else I don't. I can just stop coming in here and. I could go, what is it I like to do? Sailing, that's right. <laughs> I like to go sailing. I haven't done that in 40 years. But, um, I could do something else. But so I, I need to say something, but at the same time, I would say, at the same time, be, be tentative about that. That's not, a, that's not a strong injunction. It doesn't mean that you couldn't flip some other way and do 
It's about awareness, not what arises in the awareness. But we, whatever arises in the awareness, we get attached to it by wanting to reject it or attached to it by wanting more of it or wanting to do something with it. So, awareness, awareness. And how does that feel to ego? Like you don't know anything. Like you don't understand anything. Like you're, from the point of view of self-centeredness, you're totally lost. There isn't anything else to do or know. As Coben said when he translated the Heart Sutra, falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, nothing to do. Other questions? Yeah. Close in. Oh, you said intentional karma. What is intention? So the way I'm understanding it or using it is that something is occurring and you have the intention to to push on that or an intention to stay away from that or an intention to do some manipulation based on your uh, ideas about things being good or bad or acceptable or not acceptable or how something how something is supportive to you or how something is not supportive to you this doesn't mean you're not going to eat it doesn't mean you're you're not going to take a shower or take care of your health it doesn't mean you're not going to, to keep track of those things but you're but the idea is the awareness is very clear about that, uh, the relative situation, the causes and conditions that arise just as hunger, the causes and conditions that arise just as self-centeredness wanting to be respected, you know, not wanting to be disrespected. More about that. What's, is, what's the difference between a will and intention? What does will mean to you? Well, my question is, what does intention mean? Intention, if it's uh, if if one is functioning uh, by being by living in this open dimension, then the intention will r arise as dependent origination. That is extremely complex and has no self, and you will find yourself doing things without thinking about them ahead of time. No planning. This doesn't mean you don't come up to a road and look both ways and see the track. It doesn't mean you walk across the road just because you want to go to the other side. It's dependently arisen, so it's you're so clear about the the various things that are phenomena that are coming and going this way and that. You're so clear about it, you don't miss much. Like I'm looking at your face, but if anybody in the room moves, I see it. I don't add anything to it. Like they shouldn't be fidgeting, or uh, why are they scratching their head, or why is Junchu yawning again? Is she bored? <laughs> So, but it's but you don't miss it, but you don't add on to the situation. And by doing this, you're there's a lot of presence. You're 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 totally completely present in the situation, without any hopes for the future, without any regrets about the past. And from the point of view of awareness, those two things are extra. There really is no past and future. To 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 your Buddha nature, your authentic being, your authentic presence doesn't have a past and future. That's why when the body mind drops, you don't go anywhere. Unless you're wrapped up in hope and fear and and terrorizing yourself, operating out of paranoia, then then you're an open target for a whole lot of negative energy. So don't do it. Train your mind. Find out <coughs> find out who you are before the body mind drops. Find out who this is. So you have no doubts about it. And who is this? Conceptually, it could be said not separate. You're not separate from anything. No separate beings anywhere. 
do we have any say so about what we intend? How do you mean, do we have any say so? You don't. <laughs> I do. Or is it dependently arisen? I guess I'm wondering how. Yeah. <laughs> It is, but since you're not separate from that, then you find that since you don't have a motivation based on greed, based on fear, based on hope, based on anything being different than it is, then if you're on this path, then it comes out of your vow to be with all things, to save all beings, put others before yourself. People are suffering. They need your help, and they don't need you to meddle with them and give them uh, advice. I almost swore. I don't want to swear because children present. I thought there was. He's almost present. Kind of present. <laughs> More? Or I guess what does it mean to come out of a vow? You're, you're, I couldn't do this. I'm too, way too self-centered to do this out of my own ideas about helping people. Isn't it an idea to be with all things? Yeah. It's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and what do we find when we try to do that? We find that we can't do it. It's hard. And it's by doing that, it shows us exactly the location, or you could say location, or the dynamic of the self-centeredness, the ego, which is unreal. You don't have to get rid of it. It's a, as a Trunk Rinpoche once said, it's a paranoid insurance policy. There, there is nothing to protect. You know, there, there, you want to protect something? Protect everyone. And putting someone before yourself doesn't mean they're going to notice that. Very unlikely they'll notice it. They might just think you're um, half asleep. Or that you're, maybe sometimes they might think you don't care about them because you, I've had, I've actually been scolded in the, in the Ojo by a little person I care very much about. They're not around anymore. I don't know whether they're alive, but they're, but it was really upset with me because you help everybody else. Why don't you help me? I see you helping everyone and you don't help me. And I might have say that. I'm doing the best I can. What can I do for you? Well, help me. It's quite a scolding I got. What do you think I did about that? You want to know what I did? I said, go somewhere else. Stay away from here for a year. See what that's like. I haven't seen them since. Did I help them or not? You have to meet things where you're, where you're at. It's not about how you look to others or how you look to them. That's, you have to meet people where they're at. And if they're coming at you with their confusion, then they might have to spin for a few more um, decades. Is that, is that helpful? Do you hear what I'm saying? Any further question about that? Yeah. Just, just help others which means might not look like you're helping them. William? Does karma affect consciousness at all? So I'm not exactly, I would say yes, but I'm not exactly sure how your, how your consciousness is, the, is kind of the space in which things occur. It isn't the things themselves. Right, it's not... So we have our physical bodies and our actions that we do. Conscious really isn't an action on our part, so does karma affect consciousness itself? Here it comes, yes and no. 
What is it? They're not. They're not separate. So therefore, you you can't. I mean, you could. You could go in. Uh, you know, a scientist or someone who was uh, studying consciousness or all of that scientific stuff might be able to go in and, and research it somehow and find out a certain area of the brain does this or that or the other. So there are ways of approaching that, but the way we're approaching it here is it's not separate. So how do we do that? We start out with everything that looks like it's separate and continue to look at it until we see what it fundamentally is. Starting with our own thought patterns, our own craziness or suffering and difficulty, just watch things come and go without interfering. It's like sitting by the freeway. It's like being a tree or a rock. No, a tree. No, a rock. Where sent you? She could tell me which one. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I don't mean to be. I don't mean to be disrespectful to your question. It's a good question. I'm just saying that those are not separate, but we separate them out so that we can control them, manipulate them, or seal us off from the things that we don't want to understand or see. More? I don't understand it, but I think it's something well, you're we'll get more. probably not doing any worse than I am. <clears throat> any further questions? Very good. Thank you. Thank you.